We get into some final thoughts before the college football season finally starts. Also, would we take a guaranteed 9-3 record? And to end the show, five best bets heading into week zero. Yep, let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies, gentlemen, it is almost here. I can smell it. Yes, week zero of college football. And, okay, of course, Michigan State does not play, but that's not going to stop us from talking about the offseason, everything that's happened. Also, well, would we take that guaranteed 9-3 and record? Who's to say? But before we get to any of that... Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's Bet Online where the game starts. And we will also be talking Bet Online at the third segment of today's show because just like we did last year and the year before that, and I think the year before that as well, every Friday episode, five best bets heading your way. So uh, let's let's try to win some money, shall we? And yeah, let's let's get nuts. But a lot to talk about before that. However, you guys know what's coming next. It's uh, some housekeeping. Please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, the YouTube channel. Comment below if you're watching on YouTube with any questions, comments uh, that you may have. Or if email is your preferred method of communication, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to hit us up. All right, this is going to be something we'll do every single week this season is that the Friday shows will be called Final Thoughts heading into Michigan State versus Western, Michigan State versus Minnesota, Michigan State versus Wisconsin. You get the point. Every Friday, it's going to be my final thoughts. Sometimes we'll have a guest on, but we're going to go over some stats, what we want to see, any other big storylines. Really, just, yeah, our final thoughts before our Spartans kick off. Now, Hey, just like I said, and just like you already know, week zero, we're going to see a handful of football teams play. Michigan State is not one of those football teams this weekend, but what a great way to just recap the whole offseason, understand where we are, and really how solid of an offseason it's been for Michigan State. Because, look, it really has been a pretty good offseason here in East Lansing. Uh, Okay, let's just take care of the important stuff. You had no scandals. You had no head coaching departures. You had no coaches interviewing for the NFL and then not getting an offer from the NFL team and then having to crawl back to campus and trying to convince everyone that, oh, no, I I wanted to be here the whole time. This is a big misunderstanding. No, I didn't just spend a day or two with an NFL organization trying to leave town. And uh, Speaking of leave town, where are all my coordinators going? Nothing silly like that. You had no players like publicly putting selves in an NIL bidding war in the offseason to see way, where they are going to be playing their next season. No, 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 no. All, all that Michigan State had really was Ferraris on the field, uh, some NFTs being sold, and look, the, the football megaplex that's still being constructed on campus. But let's talk about the actual important things that are going to be meaningful in games, well, in seven days from now. Uh, like... Hey, once again, <laughs> transfer portal season went pretty well for Mel Tucker and company. Look, the, the, the first sentence I'm going to say about this is, is brutally honest, but we're here to have honest dialogue, and that's the fact that you really lost no one in the transfer portal that was of consequence. Yeah, that's a little mean to say about college-age kids trying to play their best football they possibly can, but 
Michigan State really isn't going to miss a lot of the players, if any of them, that said goodbye from the program in the offseason. Now, on the contrary, we did another nice job here in the transfer portal. So shout out to Mel Tucker, shout out to the whole staff, because you have some day one starters, guys that are going to be having an impact on the field right off the bat. We're talking defensive end Chris Bogle. Yes, Michigan State lost two solid defensive ends, Andrew Beasley and Jacob Panashuk. You shore that up by getting a former top 80 recruit in Chris Bogle from Florida, a guy that's got a great frame and also paired up with some solid coaching, which we will get to in a little bit. But yes, that is a dynamic player off the edge that you found in the transfer portal. Oh, and speaking of dynamic front seven players, linebacker Jacoby Windman one of the top 15 linebackers in the transfer portal, one of the best linebackers, most athletic linebackers in the whole country last year for UNLV, and then also Aaron Brule picking him out of SEC country, the Mississippi State transfer, may very well be a day one starter for Michigan State. Uh, look, even if he doesn't start, he's going to have a significant role on this team, and he is helping to make Michigan State's linebacker room one of the best in the whole conference. Also, now, the secondary could use a little bit of help. How about some help in Amir Speed, the Georgia transfer? Yes, the same Georgia that won the national title last year, but look, Amir Speed, Juan, rangy kid, solid cornerback. That's going to help the secondary a little bit. Offensive line depth is going to be an issue this year, but you help that with Washington State transfer Brian Green, who has five years of experience as he comes into Michigan State. You have tight end Daniel Barker, who is going to be a solid Solid weapon for Michigan State this season. I have high hopes for him. I think the world of this kid. And last but not least, you talk about a position of need. Well, how about in the offseason after you lose Kenneth Walker the third, you get running backs Jarek Broussard, who was the 2020 Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. Okay, not bad. And then Jalen Berger, a former four-start commit. He comes in from Wisconsin. So you have your 1A and your 1B running backs right there to help patch up a massive hole that Kenneth Walker will leave. But hey, could have done a lot worse than getting Jarek Broussard and Jalen Berger. So you're feeling great once again how MSU did in the transfer portal. Also, let's talk about the players that have elected to come back to Michigan State for another season. Of course, we're talking Xavier Henderson, who in the middle of last season looked like it was going to be his final year. He even said so himself that it's going to be the NFL for him after this season. But he comes back for another year. So not only do you have a strong player, but you have a strong captain and a strong voice in that room coming back to lead a secondary group that really needs any help they can get. And Xavier Henderson is going to be a big solution to that big problem Michigan State had on defense last year. Also, yeah, Jaden Reed comes back. He turns down going to the NFL, comes back for another year with his former high school teammate, if you've never heard that before, in Peyton Thorne. So, look, you already know this by now, needless to say, but let's say it anyway. Uh, one of the most explosive players in the Big Ten, whether it be receiving, whether it be returning punts, whether it be returning kicks. This guy you feel pretty good about coming back to Michigan State. And also, too, Bryce Berenger, oh yeah, coming back for his graduate senior season. And then also, too, let's not forget, Jarrett Horst and him coming back to Michigan State was in the air for uh, a good portion of the offseason, especially to start, obviously. But yes, he is coming back to anchor that left tackle position. So, that could have been a lot worse going into this offseason 
in the offensive line room should Jared Horse have not have come back. But hey, here he is. He's back. And also back this season is, just like we said, look, Mel Tucker's back. Okay? Tuck coming. He's not going to LSU or anything like that. You kept your offensive coordinator. You kept your defensive coordinator. And Michigan State is just one of three Big Ten programs to say they kept their head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator in the offseason. You also added Brandon Jordan and Marco Coleman, two of the most electric hires made across college football this offseason. If you don't believe me, ask any of the top 200 recruits that have committed to Michigan State that play defensive line. We're talking Jalen Thompson, Andrew DePate, by Job. Oh yeah, and also how about the players that are currently here? I, I, I don't know if they get Chris Bogle if they don't have Brandon Jordan here, so yeah, the coaching staff is making an immediate impact. And last but not least, too, let's talk about the quarterback battle. Oh, yeah. Th- th- there isn't one. There is no quarterback battle. There is no drama. That is the number one position group that you want shored up going into a season. And look, Peyton Thorne coming back strong. All the talk about him has been positive this offseason. Of course, he's got to put it up or Everyone else has got to shut it up, including myself, because I'm one of these people that are very high on Peyton Thorne. thought he had a solid year last year, and he checks every single box of the cliches of a coach's son, which is what he is. Uh, you know, obviously, we're facing Peyton Thorne's dad, who's the offensive coordinator at Western coming up. But look, Peyton Thorne, student of the game, mentally strong, physically strong, works his you-know-what off around the clock, around the calendar. So, yeah, no quarterback battle going into the season which is great and also too I gotta say this actually isn't a unique situation for Big Ten teams because I I counted nine Big Ten teams are returning their starting quarterback which I feel like is pretty rare and it's also 10 if you count whatever's going on in Michigan as returning their starting quarterbacks I guess you can so yeah we'll call it 10 Big Ten teams are with us but still it's nice to be one of those 10 so there you have it one of the final thoughts going into the first game of the college football season is when you look around at everyone else's offseason, Michigan State didn't do too bad. They probably had one of the better offseasons that you can find in college football. So we are rocking and rolling here. We are going to get to a listener question here in a hot second, but I just have to talk your ear off about betonline.net. Woo! We will be hearing some lines from betonline.net here in the third segment as we present our five best bets and we are doing our best bets with bet online because well they are the best website out there betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for your odds lines and games find reviews and news of every league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports golf and well yeah your college football season BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and and podcasts. Point blank, they got you covered top to bottom. So head to their website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and actions happening today. That is at BetOnline where the game starts. And before we kick off this second segment here, hey, thank you very much for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here. It's a seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and the Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season all in one spot. Search for the Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you find folks get your podcasts. All right. 
LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. Of course, if you want to reach out on Twitter, Sheehan underscore sports as well. And through email, Logan reached out with a fantastic question. If you could right now lock in a 9-3 season for Michigan State with a nice bowl appearance, save some momentum heading into next year and recruiting, would you? Or would you roll the dice? And then Logan goes on to write me. I think I personally would. 8-4, I would roll the dice. But for this season, 9-3 doesn't seem like a step back, especially if you want to see improvement in areas like the backfield. But this would also be the last season where I would say 9 wins is okay. Got this email two days ago. And I have been wrestling with this question for all 48 of those hours um, because I can be swayed either way. So let's talk about it. Let's see if we can find an answer here after I'm done rambling through why you should take 9-3 and three versus why we should roll that dice, baby. That's right. Let's gamble a little bit. So let's start off with, okay, why you would take 9-3. and three. Okay, I'll get the obvious one out of the way. If you're a betting man, a betting gal... If you took over seven and a half wins, okay, yeah, you just want to cash an easy bet, fine. That's that's the easy reason why you'd take nine and three. But also, too, it, it depends who that ninth win is against, you know, or who those nine wins are against. Like, is a win against Michigan in that mix? Okay, that might be enticing just to pause and say, okay, I'll take nine and three. Is a win against Ohio State part of those nine wins? Okay, well, I'd probably say yes, but let's just take it. At face value, 9-3, random 9 wins uh, against the whole slate. Why you should take 9-3. and three. Personally, I love the uh, where Logan writes, momentum heading into recruiting because, look, this is still year 3 of a rebuild, and recruiting is paramount, paramount in any rebuild, especially, obviously, one at Michigan State, and Mel Tucker knows this. That's why he's going all in on recruiting, bringing in the top talent, even if that means a lot of swings and misses. Recruiting is the lifeblood of college sports, college football especially, so right there, I do like the momentum in recruiting part. That did not slide by me right there at all. And also, 9-3 and three is a solid, solid, solid season for year three of a rebuild. Now we can debate whether this is still a rebuild or not, but when Mel Tucker takes over, okay, really not great vibes around the football building. Recruiting is kind of stalled out for quite some time. You're middling around 500. Your first year, you only win two games in that weird COVID season. So, yes, I would consider it a rebuild, but if you're of the different ilk, well, we will also get to you in a little bit here because there are two schools of thought. And really... I can't say that either side is wrong. I'm willing to hear both sides of the fence here. And side one is, look, if you told me during the 2020 season, that COVID season, that in two years that you would be 9-3 and three and going to the Outback Bowl, or what is now called the Raylia Quest Bowl, would you take it? Okay, imagine. You're watching the Indiana game. Michigan State's not scoring. They're not moving the ball. You've already had some bad losses that year. Someone tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, in two seasons, 9-3, New Year's Day bowl game, Citrus Bowl, Outback Bowl, you're 100% absolutely positively taking it. Okay, but here's side two. Maybe this whole rebuilding process has been sped up. Maybe Mel has fast-tracked this with the transfer portal. You have solid returners from last year's team, and really maybe you shouldn't look at this like it is still a rebuilding process. I think that's a big debate going on within the fan base is, 
Is this still a rebuild, or did Mel just crush any status quo of how long a rebuild takes? Look, for, for sake of conversation, I think that this is the last year you can say this is a rebuild because, well, building, recruiting from the ground up like he had to takes three years normally, so that's why I still use the word rebuild. But if you want to say, you're stupid, you're an idiot, the rebuild's over, we just won 11 games, okay. I'm not going to sit here and argue you because that's very, very valid. So, in my opinion, yeah, it's, it's still a rebuild, but look, the roof is almost on the entire thing of the rebuild. This is the final year you could say this is a rebuild, so yes, 9-3, is three. I think this is the last year you would just take that and possibly run. Now, why would you not take 9-3? and three? Why would you roll the dice here? Because I can be easily swayed to this opinion right here, and it starts with, okay, who you have coming back? You have Peyton Thorne and Jaden Reed. They're coming back. And, oh, also, well, this is their last season together on campus. That is a dynamic connection, one of the best in the Big Ten. So you want to squeeze as much juice out of that orange as possible before Jaden Reed goes off to the NFL. And then especially maybe if Peyton Thorne goes to the NFL as well. I suspect that will happen, but, of course, we got 12, 13, hey, maybe even 14 games let's call it 15 games potentially to figure out if he's going to be an NFL quarterback. Also, let's go to the other side of the ball here. The the front seven is nasty. I think the front seven is in the upper third squarely of the conference. And look, we're talking the defensive linemen like Simeon Barrow, Jacob Slade, the defensive ends. And oh yeah, well look who's behind that defensive line. It's Darius Snow, it's Cal Halliday, Jacoby Winman, Aaron Brule, Ben Van Sumer has apparently been lighting it up in spring ball. So, look, you feel incredible about who you have in that front seven, so why are we still talking rebuild? I mean, and it's also a favorable schedule for Michigan State, too. It's not perfect. No, it's not completely caught cotton candy soft like Michigan's is, or Ohio State where they're playing eight home games, and their first road game is on October 8th, but... Still, overall, this is a favorable schedule where maybe you think you can get more than nine wins. The non-conference is fine, okay? Western Michigan, Akron, two MAC teams. And then you go on the road, which is always difficult, but you could do a lot worse than facing a Washington team that didn't get a single vote in the AP Top 25 poll to start the year with a new quarterback, a new coach, all the fun that comes with that. Also, you get home against Minnesota. The Ohio State game is at home. That helps a little bit. Wisconsin is at home. And your third crossover game after the Minnesota crossover, the Wisconsin crossover, which are both at home, your only road crossover game is Illinois. Okay, you could have done a lot worse than that. You could have gone to Lincoln to play Nebraska. You could have gone down to Kinnick Stadium to play Iowa. You could have gone back to Ross State Stadium to walk back into the house of horrors that is uh, West Lafayette and play Purdue, but obviously you did that last year. You're not going to do that two years in a row. Overall, pretty sound schedule for Michigan State. So you look at that, you look at everyone coming back, you look at the transfer portal season again, how Mel, how well Mel did in that one more time. Hey, you know what? I think I just talked myself into it. I'm rolling the dice. I will not take your 9-3 season. Let's see if we can push 10-2. Let's see if you can get to 11 wins again. So, yeah, let's go dice rolling, baby. There we go. Love that question. Again, lockdownspartans at gmail.com. 
Facebook.com is the place to find us. Uh, we will be riding off into the sunset of this week here with five best bets. But first, we just got to pay a few bills, so we'll pause for that right now. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Look, hey, I, I just love all things sports betting, if we're going to be honest about it, responsibly. I like all things responsibly sports betting. Baseball's fun. Golf, I do love. But there is nothing, nothing better than wagering some U.S. currency on college football. So let's do that right now. Every week, we'll, we will do this. Five best bets. We are getting all the lines from betonline.net. And, well, let's get rocking and rolling here. We're going to start off with the 12:30 game, which I have two bets in coming up in sunny Dublin, Ireland. Yes, the heart of Big Ten country. We have Nebraska. We have Northwestern. The total is 50 on the nose, and Nebraska is 13-point favorites. I do enjoy the over in this game, which does sound pretty crazy. That, oh my God, 50 points, that's a lot of points, especially for two Big Ten teams, especially for the oddities of having to travel across the Atlantic, play in a different country. That's a little bit of an X factor, of course, but how about this for a stat? Nebraska, ever since Scott Frost has stepped back on campus as head coach, every year their first game has gone over that 50-point total. Now, whether that's because of Nebraska's offense always clicking early, that's a big reason, or sometimes, on the contrary, maybe their defense doesn't click necessarily as well. Um, Regardless, these totals in the last, let's see, 2018, 19, 20, 21, last four seasons... We're climbing over 50, so we are going to be taking over 50 in this game. And also, I do like Nebraska minus 13 as well. I understand they got a new quarterback, some new transfer receivers, a new offensive coordinator. you got to hope that all those groups get chemistry early on. But what a favorable team to do it against in Northwestern. Also, hey State fans, let's remember where we are right now. Things were were good in the past, the Rose Bowl season, but let's let's remember what happened before that Rose Bowl year, the 2012 season, where they had what four games come within single digits that they lost. Nebraska is coming off a season just like that last year, nine losses, all them single digits. They lost in heartbreaking ways. They need to find the inches, like Mark D'Antonio used to say, but instill belief as well. I do not think Nebraska ever calls off the dogs this game. If they're up 20 points going into the fourth quarter, I think Scott Frost is going to say to himself, why not make that 30? Why not make that 40? I need my team to believe in themselves as early as possible in any worse way. And also with that too, I'm not sure how much I trust Northwestern to be playing from behind. Yes, they return a lot of starters from their offense, What's that really saying, though? I'm I'm not too encouraged by their quarterback situation. Yes, I do like their running back, Evan Hull, and he will be part of the passing game a little bit, but how much are you going to be running the ball if you're trying to play catch-up the entire game? So, yes, I think Nebraska gets on the right side of the win-loss. They don't start to lose contagiously like they did all season last year, and I do like Nebraska minus 13 for those reasons. We got one other Big 10 game we will hit on as well. It is Wyoming. It is Illinois. Illinois is 11-point favorites at home. 
but we are cowboying up. We are taking Wyoming plus 11, and here is why. Wyoming returns Mountain West second team running back Titus Swen. All right? Hey, Wyoming, they like to run the ball a lot. Last year, their running versus passing splits very heavily skewed towards running amongst the highest percentage of run plays in the nation last year. And as we look on the other side of the ball, Illinois is replacing three defensive linemen. Okay, they are also replacing two linebackers. Wyoming's going to want to keep this game on the ground, and I think they will. It's going to be a low-scoring game, so when it balloons up to 11-point spread, sometimes in a low-scoring game it just takes one bounce of the ball to keep it comfortably in that double digit. So, yes, we are riding with Wyoming because of their run game and keeping this low-scoring, so cowboy up, baby. As we go to bet number four, Goodness gracious, God bless your heart if you watch this game. Ah, who are you kidding? Of course I'm going to watch this game. It is UConn <laughs> hitting the road versus Utah State. Holy crap, I can't believe UConn is still playing football. Uh, I, look, U Utah State is 26.5 point favorites at home. And I, I'm not going to overthink this one. I'm, I'm taking Utah State. Utah State, Logan Bonner led the Aggies to a great conference winning season last year. Uh, their head coach, Blake Anderson's back. Their offensive coordinator is back. The offense for the Aggies was the straw that stirred the drink for them last year. And they have the core there still on campus. And more importantly, UConn is still UConn. I don't need to elaborate on that. Uh, I, I'm absolutely positively taking the Aggies minus 26 and a half. And then last but not least... This might be one of the worst football games of the entire season, but you know what? When it's week zero, you eat up any slop that is served to you. I will be watching this game, no doubt about it. We're talking Vanderbilt going to the islands over in Hawaii. Hawaii is a road eight-point underdog, and I can't believe what I'm about to say next, but I'm actually going to bet on Vanderbilt. I, I never thought I'd say that the rest of my life, to be honest, because Vanderbilt stinks. They suck. They're horrible. Things are a lot worse somehow. Against all odds, things are things are a lot worse for Hawaii. Th things are not going well for Hawaii at all, actually. Um, we're talking about a team that, that almost quite literally shut their program down in the offseason. And this isn't me trying to be funny. Like, no, those were actual conversations had by the university if they should stop playing football at Hawaii. Uh, their stadium got condemned. They will now be playing in a makeshift 9,000-seat high school stadium, by far the lowest in the FBS. But look, I, how much do stadiums matter? Probably not a lot. But here's what does matter. Uh, in the midst of a wonky offseason where they're in limbo of if they're going to play football this year, they also saw a ton of their production leave. And by a ton of production, I mean they are returning an FBS low 28% of production from last season. That is tied with Nevada for the worst in the country in the FBS. So, yeah. These these bookmakers aren't putting Vanderbilt, of all teams, eight-point favorites for no good reason. When you have a bold line like that, there's reasoning behind it. So, unfortunately, we are going to be taking the Commodores as eight-point road favorites. Wow, what a sentence to say out loud. But yeah, so to recap, the five best bets are over 50 in Nebraska-Northwestern. Nebraska minus 13 against Northwestern. Wyoming plus 11 against Illinois. Utah State minus 26.5 against UConn. And then Vanderbilt minus 8 
Can't believe that's a, a sentence I can say out loud. Anyway, uh, that is what we are doing for our five best bets. Go make some money. Do it responsibly, though. Don't be a knucklehead. Come on. We, we got to save money for the rest of the fall here. Okay? Let's not be ridiculous about it. But if you're going to do it, do so at betonline.net. All right, gang. Uh, what a hoot and a half this was. Uh, we also start the week with the hoot and a half. Barring any breaking news, um, we have two-thirds of the Can't Read, Can't Write podcast joining us on Monday. Really fun show. It's group therapy. We all talk about what is stressing us out about the upcoming season, but it's not just one big Eeyore cloud where we just mope and be sad. No, no, no. That's the beautiful thing about group therapy. We help each other see the light with all of our problems, from the offensive line to the secondary to Jaden Reed's ankles. We talk ourselves out of whatever hole we are mentally in. So what a way to kick off next week. You already know we're going to be here five days a week coming up as we lead up to kickoff on Friday. Woo! That's fun to say, isn't it? All right, gang. But until then, love you all. Go Green.